1: There we go. So, my icebreaker question today will be I guess around Good Friday. What is everyone doing for the weekend? Does anyone have anything interesting they're doing? Because it should be at least a long weekend for some people. I think some people either have Good Friday or maybe Easter Monday. Amber's saying no. Well, Amber, do you have anything
2: cool you're doing for the weekend, anyways? I have a fun story. Um, okay. Well, not really, I yeah. guess. My sister has COVID and she lives in my house. So, I'm in quarantine.
3: Uh, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Have you gotten your shot yet?
2: No, I have, and, and you're not allowed to if you're if you're exposed. So, yeah. where um, do you live? Uh, no, in Texas, Austin. Okay, but I mean, wow. it's, it's, it's vaccines are around. Actually, right now it just opened up to the public on Monday, so there was like zero appointments. But I can't actually even apply to get one until wow. I. Good luck. I'm so it. sorry. I tested negative, Good. but I just have to Good. wait it out because I have. Was technically exposed to her. It's crazy because before we knew that she was like actually sick. She had a lot of allergy symptoms. It's allergy season here. Yeah, all the time. But um, (laughs) it's been really windy, and so during like the windy times, my allergies tend to act up. And she's new to Texas. She's only been here for a year, and so I'm like, oh, those sound like just like what I get when I have allergies. And even like I get really, I do kind of get some body aches. I get this weird allergy to the humidity here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it all seemed fine, but she was like silently suffering and not like communicating how bad she felt. Mm. So I'm like, a little bit mad at her for not like being a little
3: bit smarter. <laughs> she had you know, lots
2: of taste or smell? She did. And then decided to get tested. I was like, yeah, that,
1: that's the kicker.
2: Mm. So I was around her. I mean, I wasn't really around her a lot last week, but I, I mean, we live in the house. We share things. Right. So yeah, I'm super surprised also like yeah knock on wood great job for my lifestyle because I'm very healthy and active and all that stuff but yeah. I'm just like stuck at home this weekend so fun times for me guys
1: yeah well I'm sorry about that I can't believe you you can't get to enjoy your Easter weekend but you'll, I guess you'll still be with family I was gonna say you can get to see family but you're technically still with your sister
2: um she's locked in her so, room on Saturday
1: yeah <laughs> so it sounds like but um all right well we will, we will go ahead and pass it on since Amber had such a great, exciting weekend to tell us about. Karina, do you have anything interesting you're doing this weekend?
3: No, um, I don't most weekends, though.
1: Probably the most
3: interesting thing I do is I do aerial silks, if you guys know what that is, like the Circus DeLay stuff. Yes, like
1: Carol, Carolina was telling me about that the other day. Do we have somebody else that does that? Yeah, Carolina Chanis in the community. She does that. Actually, if you wanted to go look at her, her unicorn spotlight. She's got pictures in there and everything. So go look at her unicorn spotlight under the member spotlights. Oh she's got God. pictures. Yeah, she's got pictures and like she does that as well. So you could connect with her on that. <laughs> but okay, basically, it sounds like everybody's having a super thrilling weekend. Let me we keep adding, admitting people in here. We'll go ahead and get started since everyone's Friday with us is going to be about ABM today. So hello, everyone. I am Eden, the Peak Community Manager. Most of you guys know me by now, but please reach out to me if you have any questions about anything. We are moving into April, which is great. We've got meet um, here to talk about ABM. He is super passionate about this topic. He actually brought this topic to Sangram and I's attention, and he had some great points and some great facts that I had had not heard yet in any of the talks that we've done. So I'm super excited to bring this to you guys. This is going to be an expert corner style. So we'll have a little bit of a topic presentation before we dive into Q&A. So please feel free to pick his brain about all things ABM, talk about your personal problems and solutions, and we will get into it because we've got such a a nice intimate group here. So we definitely have the space. And of course, we want all unicorns to get 1% better every single week. That's why we do these things. In addition to our Solve My Problem events for the community, and so you can chat with me through the chat. Please and enter or answer any questions you've got in the chat, and I'll be moderating that. And then um, afterwards, we'll post the recording in the community where you can get you guys can keep chatting about it. So with that, I will hand it over, and uh, you can go ahead and get started, me Thank you.
4: Awesome. Thank you so much for the introduction, Eden. And really nice connecting with all of you. I, I honestly love that it's a small intimate group because I love to make it conversational style where uh, I, I stop me anytime time for the presentation. I don't want to be like me speaking for like 20, 30 minutes, boring everyone on, on a Friday morning or afternoon, depending on where you are. So, yeah, jump in anytime you have any questions. Would love to uh, get them right there um, whenever, whenever we are on that topic. The topic that we are discussing today and what I'm super passionate about is ABM. And in ABM, I, I love uh, 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 hyper-personalizing things. And that's why I've coined this term, which is hyper-personalization at scale ABM or H-pass ABM. It's not a thing. If you Google it, you won't find anything besides the one article that I have written on it. So, it's not really a thing, but hoping for it to catch on. And here's essentially what, what how, how I'd like to describe it. So just a quick round on like, what's ABM? Uh, it, it, it's the new buzzword. Everybody talks about it. Everybody's like, hey, I, I use ABM. It's just glorified B2B marketing or uh, what's so hard about it? Just Google it. Uh, I, I, I have read multiple eBooks on it. Now I'm an expert on it. And I just bought a list and I sent a multiple emails on that. Sure. That's uh, and all of this technically is correct. Sure. In my opinion, ABM is anytime you market to a limited set of defined accounts, that's essentially account-based marketing. So you can call it all you will, you can call it what whatever you feel is comfortable with it. Sure. What I'm here to do is give you my opinion on it and how, how I would like to do it. So One way to do it is implementing ABM in super five easy steps. Buy a list, buy an automation software, draft generic five step emails, paste them out, load up these contacts in your uh, automation software and hit send, right? Where do I buy a list? I'm sure all of you get these. Hey, do you want to get a list of XYZ users? And I, I, I don't know why I keep getting Microsoft Dynamics and all these users, I'm not even in that space, but sure, if you give me a list, I'll I'll, I'll take that list. I just want a list to trigger something and put that in, right? Buy a cheap automation software. It's The market is flooded with uh, this these days. Just Google cheap cold automation softwares, you'll get a bunch of them. Where do I get examples of cold emails? I'm sure all of you get these cold emails, these really long, lengthy, 300 words, 500 words email that's sent out that's just super generic. And the only thing that they do is hi, first name. And it's super easy. That's all the information I need to gather. First name, and I'm done. Right. Why even personalize it? I've, I've gotten cold emails, and they're like, I didn't want to personalize it. Let me just load up your name in a generic email script and just bulk send this to like 500 emails. And that's 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 pretty much it. That's ABM. And why are we even here? It's it's a quick three-minute conversation, super easy, done, right? And if you didn't sense the sarcasm in it, let me just put it out there. That was super sarcastic. That's not how you should be doing it. That's the exact way to being marked as spam, having your domain authority go down the crapper, and, and just... And eventually just not getting any opens, not getting any uh, replies, not, not getting to the right audience, delivering the right message, or doing anything. This is just this just sending spam emails, essentially, and you can do that easily. How I would like to do it is HBAS ABM, using hyper-personalization at scale, where you use each and every single data point that is available at your disposal on a brand level and on a persona level, and then translating that into a personalized reach out. But why why do that? Why put in so much effort? Why go ahead and get all this information to hyper-personalize it because of the spam problem? If you have noticed, uh, if you have been tracking your email opens, and please tell me you have been tracking your email opens. I've been around a lot of folks who, who don't track their email opens or any kind of open rates, click rates, any engagement metrics. That's not how you should be doing it. Track it and then you will slowly know most of it is going in spam. Google is just pre-sorting this for you. Google is identifying these long, generic, wordy emails, which just eventually ends up in spam. And the worst part is this person is actually selling me personalized email campaigns. This person is actually telling me, let me run these personalized email campaigns for you when they themselves are not personalizing anything on that. But that's why it's in spam, right? So, how do you start with uh, HPAS? Like, if, if, if you're starting with APM, where does it start? It has to start with identifying the correct set of accounts to not spam people. First, make sure you understand who your target audience is, where your target account list is and start with enriching these target accounts. If you're in horizontal SaaS, it's gonna be a really wide set of accounts. If you're in vertical SaaS, you will know who your target accounts are. Make sure you end up uh, spending on resources to finding your target account list. Then create prioritization. This could be a 500 account list. This could be 5,000 accounts in it. It could be 25,000 accounts in it. If it's really large set, Or even if it's a small set, you'll have to create prioritization. Who should I go after first? Where am I going to go to get these instant hits where people are actually in the buying cycle? And how do I identify that? I've used intent-based, where there are a lot of intent-based softwares that can surface out these intents for you. Hiring is a good signal. Maybe I'm looking for ABM managers, or maybe I'm looking for AI folks, I'm looking for data scientists. Maybe that could hiring signals could be that project based. I worked at an AI company, and everybody loved to brag about AI based projects that they were releasing. All these major companies, so I would just scrape for all these projects that are being live uh, that are live, and use that in my personalization and use it for my prioritizations. So use all these signals to create these, these prioritizations. And I'm sure your sales team has a list. Take it from them. They will also have, they'll also come with their own set of target accounts. Use that and add that in your prioritization list. And this is important. Gather as much pieces of information as you can on the target account. You will need this. And I'll tell you where you'll be using this, where you'll be requiring this, but gather as many pieces of useful information that you can, and all of this is public information, right? So it shouldn't be that harder. The same thing with your persona, understand your persona. It could be one, it could be multiple personas that you could be selling. Gather every single piece of information, their title, their location, their seniority level, their function, the LinkedIn URL. This is important because you don't want to just do APM, but you want to go one or two layers deeper and truly go into persona-based marketing as well. So you're not just selling to accounts, but in those accounts, you're selling to those particular personas as well. Because every single persona at those accounts are going to care about different things. Right now, I'm selling to sales, I'm selling to marketing, and I'm selling to operations. All of them have different goals. All of them have different KPIs that they are measured against. So they're all going to care about different things. So make sure that you understand those personas and segregate them. So you can go a level deeper, not just account-based marketing, but true persona-based marketing as well. Any questions on this so far in creation of FAM and creation of personas? I'm assuming this is pretty straightforward, but just in case.
0: Yeah, I have a, I have a quick question for you. I, mm-hmm. I, I love, I haven't really heard that before, but I've thought about it. I, never heard, I, I love getting terms so you can understand stuff better. That Persona-based marketing, love that. But what about uh, the 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 new big buzz that you know the ABX, you know, because they right. think that it's it's marketing, account based marketing is too focused on marketing. We have, you know, you have customer service team, you have product product marketing, all kind of helping go after this account. So, what do you think about the ABX?
4: Hundred percent, hundred percent, and uh, and we'll slowly go on that. Like it's it's not just focused. Yes, as you said, it's it's the new buzzword, but. Essentially, it is just an extension of APM where you're not just using it from a marketing perspective, but you're using all signals, uh, basically accelerating middle of the funnel deals. where you're helping sales with these account-based help. Maybe you're using customer success and making sure that they're champions of your product. You're personalizing their reach out, sending them uh, direct mailers, gifts, engaging them in cycles. So yes, 100%, you would want to spread this out across not just your top of the funnel activity, but across your funnel. Great answer, thanks. Next is when when you're still on top of the funnel, I love crafting outreaches, which is super, super focused on all these variables that these companies let you add and the conditional variable. If this, then do this. If I have that piece of information, if it's a Monday, do this. If I have the title piece of information, then deliver this message. Use custom variables to the core. Make sure this this reads as a code. You shouldn't be able to read this as an email. This is essentially you're writing code where you're using occupation, account name, custom. Like over here, I'm talking about their agencies, which is another custom variable that I'm using. I'm talking about their competitors, which I'm using as custom variables over here. I'm using their account natural name, which is another custom variable. So everything over here reads as good as a code, and it's not essentially an email. And that's what will truly get you that level of personalization. Because at the end of the day, this, what, what's the output of this? Is a one-off email. It's true personalized email. It's not a mass bulk sent out email. It's crafted for that unique persona. All you're doing is using uh, automation software to help you scale up your outreach because this is a one-off email done on steroids using email automation software, and this is how the outreach looks like. For that, the the output of it is these are custom variables. This another is a custom variable. Everything the agency name is customized. So when you read this email, the trigger is meant for this Jane from crazy serials over here and directing to her. And I know she manages her Amazon channel because in my TAM identification, I identified that she manages Amazon channels. She's focused on, on increasing the sales because this email is crafted for this persona. I know what vertical she is in because again, I had identified this when I was enriching my TAM. I had identified their competitors because these are the competitors that they would care about. These are the competitors who's increasing their sales rather than how much they would would want to. So if they're not getting that sales growth, they would be worried at this. They would hear this trigger and it will make them think about like, yes, I do want extra sales, I do want incremental sales growth like my competitors are getting and add third-party validation. So hyperlink all of these. If you have good case studies, hyperlink them over here. So you're still keeping this into three lines, but you have delivered three important pieces of hyper-personalized message to Jane over here. Now, I hate long, wordy, lengthy emails, but sometimes you have so much meat of content that you want to deliver. How do you do that? How do you deliver so much content to them, so much value add to them without making these really long emails, which just gets read for the first two, three sentences and gets, gets marked as like red and it's done. The way I have found out is adding this intrigue, personalizing the landing page, saying Acme Corp loves your brand. And again, if you go back and if you see this essentially is coming from the personalized account natural name as well. So everything over here is set to happen at scale, but it's happening on a hyper-personalized level. And then ending on a little bit of a personalization on a high note saying either ways, I love your serial, looking forward to chatting with you. Something that personalizes it, gives them a little bit of intrigue and adds value. And again, you don't want to generalize this and send the same email to everyone. Make it persona specific. As I mentioned, I sell to sales, marketing, and operations. Sales is going to care about different metrics. Marketing is going to care about ROAS or other metrics. Operation is going to care about different metrics. It's also going to be separate by champions or your exec sponsors or or your engine room folks. Your, your engine room folks are down and dirty into the system. They would have different sets of challenges versus your exec sponsors are going to care about high-level metrics. So you don't want to send them the same email. Use email personalization software to craft different sequences for each of these different personas. And sure, at the end, you would want to have a catch-all which is if nobody falls in any of these buckets, I'm going to create this this one catch all, but try using this as less as possible. Try bucketing them in either of this to truly add that value. Landing pages I've heard can, people say it takes a lot of time in creation. How do I truly scale this? This is one of the issues that I've had. I, I truly cannot scale my landing pages. How do you do it? This is how I do it. Just change this, make sure your URL over here matches your account natural name that you had in your outreach. Make sure you change few words and make sure you change your the logo over here. Your value proposition for a particular vertical is gonna remain the same more or less, right? If I'm selling to the grocery and gourmet category, my value proposition is not gonna change if it's a serial company versus if it's, say, oatmeal company, versus if it's a different, like, I can't think about foods right now, but maybe if it's a cake company, it's just, it's going to remain the same. So you want to craft this, which is going to be vertical specific, and have three, four, five, six verticals, and have different landing pages, different value propositions, which is pre-crafted for you, and make these small, tiny personalizations. So truly feels like, yes, this message is indeed crafted one-off, and it is crafted for this particular company and crafted for this particular person. Personalized videos. I, I, I have leveraged them excessively. I love sending videos. I love receiving videos. Um, and it's a great way to engage your prospect, right? It's a different touch point. Besides boring emails, long wordy emails, just make something fun, make something interesting. Record it, send it their way. And with work from home, I have seen video viewership has gone up. Everybody's home. Everybody's plugged into their earphones. Everybody loves just hitting play and just watching a video. The key is keep it under 45 seconds. And how I've come to this number is by sending hundreds and thousands of videos. Anytime you go over the one minute mark, you will see an intense drop in your viewership. If you keep it shorter, maybe your value proposition just doesn't go there. So keep it under 45 seconds is what I have learned from my experience. Personalize the first seven seconds, I would say. If if your value proposition is, if your total video is 45 seconds, the first seven seconds, personalize it. Address the person directly. Hey, crazy serial, this is Jimeth calling from Acme Corp. I'd love to chat with you and here's why. Just that tiny six, seven second personalization gets that trigger going. I have seen as soon as you lose that first seven seconds and once the person realizes this is a generic boring video that somebody sent me, you lose them in that first seven seconds. So how I have truly scaled this is by asking my SDRs to wear the same t-shirt, not get crazy haircuts, have the same background, have computer in the same exact position and have same everything. That's the only true way where you'll be able to go in and ask them to create these these videos to to have this true look and feel that it's personalized for them, but delivering the same value proposition. And if they get a crazy haircut, they just have to re-record the 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 40 seconds of non-personalization. But yeah. Same everything, and you can truly scale this. You can create hundreds and thousands of videos using only the seven second trigger. Hey, I have a quick question
0: for you. I've tested out just right now, just starting testing out Dub. How do you personalize the first seven seconds, and then and then Uh, and add the rest of it? Is there some software that does that for you, so you can personalize it? And how does it? How do you edit that?
4: Right. So there are a lot of softwares that could do that. These are paid softwares that you can buy off the internet. My company was super cheap, so what we did was the free softwares that we have. You can record in if you have a Mac, you have Lightbox or S- Studio Box. I I forget what what it's called, but something uh, that you can just make these quick recordings and then iMovie. iMovie has been like a great software for me, where it lets you stitch, it lets you add effects, it lets you layer it with like case studies have call to actions at the end of it and lets you personalize everything over there. So mm-hmm. iMovie has been like a great free software for
0: me. I guess well, real quick, you know, so they let you, I mean, how do you, I guess I'm confusing the first seven seconds, 45 seconds. I can see doing a video for, and then, you know, for 45 seconds, reaching out to somebody, Hey, you know, and, and uh, for 45 seconds, I'd love the chance to talk with you. But how, again, mm-hmm. you send this out to a hundred people, how are you going to personalize the first 45, do they have software? I mean, wouldn't you have to have the same shirt? I mean, I, I, how, how do you personalize it?
4: Right. So Photo Booth is the software that I was thinking about. So you take Photo Booth, you record these seven-second increments multiple times. So if I'm reaching out to 20 companies, I'll just record these seven-second chunks for 20 companies. I'm going to take my other 35 seconds or 40 seconds that I have and then individually stitch them together. And iMovie will let you have this 35-second recording. Take that seven-second drag and drop. Boom. It's stitched together. And keep doing that. Keep replicating that again and again. All you have to do is remove those, delete the seven-second chunk, add a new seven-second chunk, hit upload, and it uploads to YouTube. And you can scale this out, and you can easily create 20, 30, 40 videos at a go in one day.
0: Thank you. Uh (laughs) Could, Could you put the name of that software in the notes? chat notes yeah. at the end. Thanks.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. AB test everything. I, I love running ABM like I was running a software code. I would keep AB testing every step of the way. If you're not truly AB testing it, you're not optimizing and that's what you should be doing. These small increments, these small incremental results that you get, a 2 percent higher open rate over here, a 3 percent higher click rate over here, Maybe this landing page got viewed five more seconds than this one. This video got viewed two more times than this one. Always keep A-B testing it. Keep monitoring your results. Have your eyes on these A-B tests and keep optimizing it. And only believe statistically significant result. I've had folks who come with like three opens over here and say, hey, this is open four times, this is open three times, it's better. No please believe statistically significant results. Have a large enough data set to actually make these conclusions and only run these optimizations once you believe, yes, this is a true number. This email is definitely performing better than this one. This is the time when I'll start to optimize it, turn off the lower performing one and then add a newer A-B test version of it and constantly A-B testing it. My opinion is always A-B test every step of the way. Multiple additional touch points, uh, LinkedIn reach outs, cold calling. And in in my opinion, LinkedIn has been like the worst performing outreach channel. Cold calling can be tedious, but don't ignore them. These personalized videos that you recorded, you can send them on LinkedIn. Once somebody accepts your connect, you can be super creative with cold calling. Tell the prospect you're going to deliver it in 30 seconds or ask to be hung up. Ask them to hang up on you if you if they don't find value in thirty seconds, and make sure that you're delivering that value in that thirty seconds. Direct mailers and handwritten notes have worked phenomenally for me as well. They're expensive, but definitely worth the ROI. When people were in offices, I used to love sending cookies, donuts, etc., where a group can enjoy. Where where your product gets discussed in the company, like hey, where did you get these cookies from, and just Talk over them for like five minutes. If you send a box of 20 cookies to somebody's home, they're not going to consume it. It's it's not going to have as much of an impact. So what I've started sending is like wine, socks, something more personal, something that a single person can enjoy as opposed to somebody enjoying it in an office setting. Handwritten notes can do incredibly well. Somebody understands the thought that went into a bed behind it. Somebody understands the... The one off personalization that went behind it. And the call to action can be the landing page over there, right? Else, how else are they going to reach you once you send these handwritten notes? So I've I've used landing pages as a great way, great way to do the call to actions on them. And I've written so many handwritten notes. I actually got this robot to write this handwritten note for me. It's not as personal as you would want it to be, but if you actually see the output of it, it looks like a handwritten note. I mean, it, it's essentially a pen and you're putting in live ink on it. Your your STRs would hate you a little less when, when you use something like a robot to write these handwritten notes and not ask them to write 40, 50 handwritten notes every day. This is a super, super... Knarky way of getting 100 notes, super cheap way of getting 100 notes is not that expensive. It does take a little bit of a setup, but it's definitely scalable. So again, hyper-personalization, then that scale. And then and, and use each and every touch point across the funnel, across whatever levers you have. Invite them on relevant webinars. Have some search ads running. They can be really expensive, but and then the lever. LinkedIn ads can be hyper-personalized, can be hyper-targeted. You can run one-on-one if you're truly in an enterprise setting and you're targeting 200, 300 folks at a company, you can run one-on-one ads, you can run one-on-few, or one-on-many. Personalized blogs, personalized content, of course, it's not going to be personalized to a particular account, but this can be personalized to particular verticals or particular personas that you're targeting leveraging retargeting ads, vertical specific case studies. So every single lever that you have, use that at your disposal, truly personalize the experience for your prospects. Trip campaigns can be personalized. They can be vertical-based, persona-based. They can be action-based. But again, I, I, I have seen getting these Marketo or HubSpot automated emails four times a week, three times a week, Make sure you have a good balance of not over it because there's always a risk of being marked as spam. Be hyper, hyper focused what you're sending, and make sure each and every touch point adds something to it. And as I mentioned, you should have always on optimization. You should always be optimizing your campaigns. Learn from your a B test. Double down on your high performing channels. Slowly roll back on your low performing ones. So you have to keep measuring it along the way. There is no way out of it. The only way for a successful ABM is measure, measure, measure. Keep measuring it across all these touch points that you're delivering, all these different metrics that you're sending over to truly understand the engagement level. Roll down the folks that are not engaging that much, stop, sending them so much stuff versus if you're seeing engagement metrics, if you're seeing a scoring model, if you're seeing your scores go really high up, double down on it. Go ahead, try different approaches, modify them. But all of this can only work if you're measuring it. So please measure across whatever resource that you have, across your content, across your webinars, across your landing pages, different different metrics. I have used my own scoring models to truly see what, what level of engagement works and what is that true trigger beyond that where I should be targeting these folks versus below that. It, it's just keeping them on an on even moving pace and not, not doing too much with it. There are also d- different data visualization softwares that will let you do that where you can dump all this, scheme, all the engagement metrics into a database and then use a different scoring model on that as well. That's pretty much what I had planned for today. As you can see, I'm super, super opinionated about ABM. I would love to be part of any conversation around ABM. I come with a lot of opinions, and I also love receiving opinions on that. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Feel free to email me. And I, I'm up for talking about ABM any time of the day. Thank you so much.
0: I have a follow-up question for you. Yes, yeah. go
1: ahead, Scott.
0: I don't want to hog, hog the whole thing. But the, the, the ABM testing, mm-hmm. what about, because right now we talk, ha, talk about clicky words, ABM. Well, rev RevOps is just everywhere. Um, everybody's changing their titles and stuff. So the AB testing, do, do they ever... A/B testing to see which ones convert the most. I mean, tr- tracking. I mean, tracking which can, of these campaigns that are personalized, which ones are bringing in money and which ones aren't, or which ones are bringing in more money. Sorry, I didn't catch the question over there. Okay, if you were talking about A/B testing, everything, everything, right? You got. Do, do you also A/B test for revenue that comes out of, of them? You know, like so. You know, we we did this. Hey, we got this many conversions. We did this one it was dismal I me mean, are you so i love the ab testing but then are you are you also looking on the other end the, the very end say are any how good are they, how well is a converting compared to b when it comes to revenue coming in
4: of course of course and that that you can use those ab testing in actually getting more information about accounts and that you can go all the way up to like who which accounts should i target which specific personas should i target this messaging has worked well over here, but it's not actually adding any revenue to my to my funnel versus these accounts, even though they were super hard to target, even though they took additional touch points, I just got incremental returns from that. So slowly you want to add more to your TAM, add more from your personas to, to this set of accounts versus the other set of accounts. So always on optimization. You have to always A-B test across all the way starting from top of your funnel, all the way to what final revenue you have booked from them.
1: So, hi, this is Christine Davis. This was a fantastic presentation. Uh, thank you so much. So many different nuggets of gold. A so quick question. Early on when you were talking about the what-ifs, I love that, the personalizations through the emails with the what-ifs, getting very specific, I've worked with companies that had Marketo, Pardot, Eloqua, I'm not, I know of HubSpot, but I'm not as familiar, and I'm working right now with a company that has this thing called Active Campaign that I had never heard of. Which of those do what-ifs, or can you say, does everybody have those what-if things, or can you give more on TechStack for that?
4: Right. Uh, I have honestly loved outreach. I am a big sucker for outreach because it just lets me do so much more. So I have, I have leveraged that. Um, I don't think Marketo has what ifs. It only has these custom variables where you can just put in like, hey, account name and just do it only on basis of that. But this true code-based personalization where using this, if this, then do this, else do this. That personalization, I have only seen in outreach. And honestly, every company that I go to, I just ask for an outreach license because it just lets me do so much so i i keep telling folks like if i'm not doing abm for any other company i would love to do it for outreach because i'm a big proponent of outreach i will sell outreach all day long okay.
1: does that work alongside other marketing software
4: outreach yeah so, yes. so okay. you would want to have a single source of truth and usually i have used salesforce as my single source of truth where I have my outreach connect to Salesforce, I have my Marketo connect to Salesforce, I have all these other engagements that's connected to Salesforce, and Salesforce becomes my central source of truth.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Great stuff.
3: Hey, Tinsel, so I'll just throw out a little comment here. We're about to do some very targeted one-to-one display advertising where we are going to be essentially targeting the uh, senior decision maker. And we'll be referencing within those display ads um, the names of the buying committee, so their team members, and trying to incite action that way, which takes them to a custom demo page. We have not launched yet, and as you know, with a lot of AVM platforms, it's it's a little bit tricky. We're doing a match test right now just to make sure we're going to be targeting exactly who we need to be targeting. Uh, It's not a perfect one-to-one match, but just curious if anybody else has been dabbling with that very targeted one-to-one display advertising.
4: Yeah, one-on-one can get out of control really quickly i've i've tried one-on-one advertising targeting a prospect where i was referencing one of the customers how they're doing well and it just landed on the customer's inbox so it, right. it, it yeah it, it's it's super tricky anything anytime you put stuff out there on the internet you rarely <laughs> have control over who gets it so so even though you can do targeting, make sure that you don't put incriminating stuff that if it ends up in their competitor's inbox or your customer's inbox, that uh-huh. they will be completely shell shocked by it. Like, hey, I, I don't know why you're using this over here. So make sure that you're being sensitive about what that information is. If it's generalized outreach, if it reaches somebody else's inbox, it's fine. But make be very mindful like how much ever resources you put on that one-on-one targeting. Once you put the stuff out there, it's out there on the internet.
3: Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think I'm super mindful about that trying to be do a wow factor enough to grab their attention, but have it be super educational and valuable. So it wouldn't be anything that would offend anybody. I think that's a great point. I think the only fail safe we're sure of right now is we use Sigster. So we know for sure that we'll be targeting you know, one to one that way, but yeah, across the web gets a little bit trickier. Yeah,
4: definitely <laughs> it does. Definitely.
0: Okay, I'll throw out another quick question. I was talking to a the chief revenue officer yesterday, and about ABM, and 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 he, he kind of re reemphasized that you have to be careful depending on the, your ticket size. How how personally, this is kind of what you're doing, automating a lot of stuff. Kind of takes makes the ticket size be able to be even smaller. <laughs> yeah, I, li- I like it because you're automating a lot of stuff that usually because you want to make it real personal. But so, what do you think about when it comes to ABM approaches and and companies ticket sizes? You know, to where where the ticket size gets so small, ABM approach just is too expensive. Have you ever? I mean, 100%. have you ever heard of that before? I, had, I heard of it again 100%. yesterday from a chief revenue officer of a startup. So
4: yeah, yeah, hundred percent. they there is going to be an ACV where below which it's just not going to make sense. Uh, ABM approach is not going to make sense. If I'm selling like a $5 a month subscription, it's, it's just not worth the effort, right? Because you have to put in so much upfront effort. So I have seen that there is a minimum ACV below which it just doesn't make sense. And I've been fortunate enough to be in that enterprise space where I've just sold higher ticket value items higher acv items where every single time abm just automatically makes sense but there's that cutoff below which it just doesn't make sense and the higher ticket value you go up to the more hyper personalization you should be sending out if i'm selling a 150000 dollar a year software my reach out should be super personalized super focused where i'm not using a lot of automations but i'm using a one on one research versus as your ticket size keeps going down, you can start using these automations to scale them out.
0: Thanks, perfect, thank you very much. And I'll second whoever else said, you, you, had, halfway, you had me laughing a lot of the way through your, so I love your presentation, great information, I love it, but also your presentation style is awesome, I love the, I yeah. love the sar- sarcasm, it keeps you entertaining and keeps you, you know, <laughs> liking it, thanks. Thank you, appreciate it.
3: I, I think it was that second slide that just got me right away. <laughs> <laughs> knock us down a peg we need it
4: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. any any other questions any other comments as i said i, I even critique uh, just tell me like this this just doesn't make sense Jim. you're doing this wrong this is not how it should be done this is a better way of doing it and i, I love i love opinions i'll still say you're wrong if i think so but that that would be that would just be a good discussion
1: Hearing none, um, Any anyone else, I'll, I know we've got a few minutes left, but if nobody else has any questions or comments, then we can all, you know, give a big round of applause and for such a great presentation today. Yes. Thank you so much. And that was really great. All of the, like, I think Christine said nuggets of gold that we had in there. Thank you so much for such an awesome presentation and great conversation here at the end, guys. Yes. Thumbs up, Christine. And great questions and conversation we had at the end. So we, of course, want everyone to walk away feeling 1% better every week so that you can get promoted, have an impact, and do the best work of your life. That's what we are all about here at Peak Community. Jimit, do you have any last minute comments or anything you want to say before we close out here on this great Friday morning?
4: Peak Community has been awesome. I, I, I just found out about it by all the Sangram's posts that he kept sending on LinkedIn. And he sent me an invite and I'm like, but let let me check it out and for a couple of months I just kept pushing it I'm like sure I'll get to it I'll get to it I'll get to it yeah. but the moment I got to it I'm like wow this I, I I don't know why I waited two months to sign up for it I absolutely love the conversations I love the community that it is over here and I'm yeah. enjoying every moment of it I'd love to even be connected with all of you at, at the community and really enjoying the conversation with everyone there
1: Awesome. Yeah, well, I will I'll post your LinkedIn into the recap. Yeah, so you guys job. can yeah, yeah can i um, continue the conversation there and the recap will be up soon. I encourage everyone to set up one on one conversations with each other and you know, keep the conversation going and then be on the lookout for our next solve my problem actually with Jen Lever and Kate Hunt next week. So I uh, will go ahead and um, close out. Thank you guys so much for joining and I will see you guys next week.